The Lord be with you. We, we continue. We continue with the series that has been sent out by our Missouri district, uh, Our Hope for Years to Come, based on the readings for the, the, the readings from First Peter for the Sundays after Easter. They are God's apostolic word sent to a people who are scattered and challenged. Among those scattered and challenged people today, we pray for Rick Baden's nephew, Steve Norby, 28-year-old man, who suffered a massive stroke this past week, which left him completely paralyzed. That was on the 21st. We thank and praise God that Steve has now been able to move some of his limbs and has been able to sit up and, and even to speak a little bit. We pray for his continued recovery. Our opening hymn is one I think you know. It's one that I definitely love. It speaks of our confidence in Christ's resurrection. Jesus lives, the victories won. name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has given us new life and a living hope by raising Jesus from the dead. Rejoice. Though now for a little while as was necessary, 
You have been grieved by various trials. We shall be counted worthy when Christ appears. We were ransomed from our feudal ways, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Through him we are now believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that our faith and hope are in God. God has claimed us as his own. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. That we might proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Abstain from the passions of the flesh, which war against your soul. Keep your conduct honorable, so others may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Let us consider our conduct in light of the apostles' admonitions and confess our sins before God. our hesitance to proclaim clearly and boldly the faith in Christ we believe in our hearts, we confess to the Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Our failure to witness to Jesus as the one and only Savior in whom there is life and salvation for all who believe, we confess to the Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Our misuse of the resources God has entrusted to us and our failure to put first the kingdom of God in our words, actions, and lives, we confess to the Lord. Forgive us, Lord. The doubts and fears that paralyze us in the face of temptation and deprive us of the Easter joy God means for us to know and live, we confess to the Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Our failure to keep God's commandments our temptations to resist the authorities our Lord has placed over us, our sins of thought, word, and deed, our failure to love God above all and to love our neighbors as ourselves, we confess to the Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Merciful Father, give us pardon and peace and free us from our sin for the sake of Christ our Savior. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who has begun this good work in us, bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, now that you have assured us of the completion of our redemption through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, give us the will to show forth in our lives what we profess with our lips. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. 
Good morning, boys and girls. It's time to come up for the kids' talk. So come up closer to the screen. And I have a few things to talk to you about today. The disciples on Easter morning, on Easter day, they had heard that Jesus had risen from the dead, but a lot of them hadn't seen it yet. They hadn't seen Jesus yet. Some of the disciples were walking along the road to a place called Emmaus. They were leaving Jerusalem and going to a little town called Emmaus. And a very important person started walking with them along the road. Everybody was talking about it. Jesus had been crucified and they had buried him and people were saying that he had risen from the dead. And, and this man, this important person, as, as they came along, started talking about these things with them, listening to them and, and adding some things to what they were talking about. They didn't recognize who this person was. And let me kind of illustrate that for you. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to listen to these voices. And I want you to tell me if you can recognize who these voices come from. So go on ahead and close your eyes. If, if you can't close your eyes, can't get yourself to close your eyes, I'll close them for you. Here we go. Listen to this first voice. You are not going to believe it. But two men were walking and talking with someone they didn't even recognize. Do you have any idea who that might have been speaking those words? Well, how about this one? Listen to this one. You're not going to believe it, but two men were walking and talking with someone they didn't even recognize. Hmm. Do you have any guesses? Who are these people who are just speaking to you? Now, some of you might have been able to guess one of them pretty easily and the other one maybe as well. But some of you have no idea because you just couldn't have guessed who that was. Well, this very important person was, was walking along the road with them, and you could maybe guess who that person was who was speaking to them. It was Jesus. Jesus came, and he was alive again, and he was talking with his disciples along the road, and he was explaining to them what the Bible had promised what would happen. You see... They couldn't understand that Jesus had died and risen again, and, and he let them know they've been talking about this for generations, for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years, that the Messiah, the Savior, would have to suffer. The Messiah, the Savior of God's people, would have to die and be buried and raised again. They couldn't guess that it was Jesus walking with them because they couldn't imagine that he could be alive, but he was, and he is. He's alive today, and he's our Savior, and he walks with us when we go down the road of life. And he opens our hearts to the scriptures so that we can understand what God's word says. His Holy Spirit guides and leads us, and by faith, we know that Jesus lives and that we will live too. Let's bow our heads and have a prayer together. Dear God, we thank you that Jesus died for our sins. Not only did he die, but he defeated death and rose again. Thank you that Jesus is alive and working in the world today. Open our eyes, because we want to see Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. The first reading for the third Sunday of Easter is from Acts chapter 2. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you or crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? 
And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Psalm 16. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I believed even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. The epistle for today is from 1 Peter chapter 1. If you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Alleluia! Alleluia! Since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Alleluia! Our hearts were burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Alleluia! The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And they said, he said to them, 
What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know what has happened there in these days? And they said to him, he said to them, What things? They said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our comp company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village in which they were going, to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread, and blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scripture? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
grace is yours, and mercy and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what the most frequent question that I hear asked these days is? It's not, when is this whole coronavirus going to be over? Or when is the quarantine going to be lifted? It's, what day is this? Do you have trouble remembering what day it is? Our usual schedules have evaporated. I don't get up and get ready for church on Sunday. We record these segments of the services at various times so that Jason can add the text at the bottom of the screen and have the finished service edited in time for Sunday morning. And then I become part of my own congregation. I'm wearing a robe for that service as well, but it's a bathrobe. And I have a cup of coffee in my hand. It's a little bit surrealistic. The rest of the week is out of kilter as well because almost every meeting has been canceled. All the Bible studies, the premarital counseling, other appointments, my visits to the shut-ins, which usually take up most of my afternoons, they're all gone, at least for right now. And you might be suffering a similar disorientation. If you're one of those people who gets around to grocery shopping only on Saturdays, how does it feel now that every day is Saturday? You don't have to get up early to get ready for church or school on Sunday morning, a Monday morning. All our usual weekday markers are gone. So you wake up and you wonder, what day is this? And there are other things that we easily forget when nothing seems right. Sometimes we can even forget who we are. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you'd forget your name or that you'd forget that you're a son or a daughter or a husband or a wife or a, a grandchild or any of those things. But we can sometimes forget who God says that we are. That's why I was going to talk to you today about how St. Peter pulls focus to our identity. Much to my children's dismay, whenever we watch a movie, especially if we go to see a movie in a theater, I stay for all of the credits. Not only because there might be a, a little after-credit segment that shows up, but also because I want to see who the cinematographer is. I want to see who the focus puller is. I care about those things. I love the idea of being a focus puller. I'd love to be able to do that job. A focus puller is somebody who is able to shift the focus in a shot. For instance, let's say you have a whole room full of people uh, let's make it an old western, a whole bar room full of people, and then suddenly somebody comes in through the swinging doors, and without changing the camera angle at all, what happens is the focus blurs on everything except for the person who's just come through the door. The rest of it's all still there, but focus has been pulled to what the filmmaker wants you to concentrate on. What they want you to know is important. Watch for it. It even happens on TV. 
I'm fascinated by it. I'm especially fascinated by it in old movies because people had to actually twist the focus ring on the camera somebody else was running and have it turn out just right. Well, the Apostle Peter tells us, I know that you're in all kinds of circumstances, but during those circumstances, I'm going to pull focus to who you are because that will help you understand what you're to be doing in a time like this. Peter says, you know that you were ransomed from your feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. You are believers in God who raised Jesus from the dead and gave him glory so that your hope and your faith are in God. You heard Peter say that you are ransomed from your feudal ways. Some versions translate it as being redeemed from your feudal ways. And either one is a decent choice. The word being translated as ransomed or redeemed is used outside of the New Testament to describe purchasing the release of prisoners of war or of manumission, buying a slave in order to grant that slave freedom or the settling of a relative's debt so that they can be sprung from debtor's prison. In every case, it's a transaction carried out at a price, requiring the exchange of money or something even more precious. Peter tells us that the price of our ransom was not gold or silver, but the blood of the Son of God. And that pulls focus to who we actually are. The blood-bought children of God. Jesus saved us from our sinful ways, inherited from Adam and every generation before us. Jesus bought us with his own blood, shed for us on Calvary's cross. He has purchased us to be his own. And now we belong to Christ. St. Paul made the same point in the second chapter of his letter to Pastor Titus when he wrote, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. By God's power, through Jesus Christ, we have the forgiveness of all of our sins God's word says so. We have eternal life. God's word says so. By God's power, he has worked faith and hope in us as believers in this Jesus who did all these things for us. We are God's children. God's word says so. 
believers, people of faith, people of hope, ransomed and free, zealous for good works. God's word says so. And it's easy to forget in mind-numbing, soul-engulfing times like these, when our focus gets pulled to worry and anxiety and the boredom of day after day, the same old, same old. We can lull ourselves into forgetting who we are and what we are to be about. But who we are has implications. Peter continued, Having purified your soul by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. This is our calling as the blood-bought children of God. We are purified through faith in Jesus Christ. So now we turn our love for Christ to those around us. When we forget who we are, the blood-bought, forgiven children of God, we wind up forgetting about the needs of others. We get self-focused on what we are, what we need, what we forget. And what we forget is to check on others. We forget what other people need. We get so wrapped up in ourselves that we find ourselves frustrated and angry and sometimes afraid. We forget about checking up on loved ones or friends. We forget about the needs of fellow believers in Christ in our own church. We can forget about the elderly person living just next door who has no family. We forget about those who are in real financial danger. This is the danger of forgetting who we are. We forget who everyone else is and why God has put them in our lives. Peter says, since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, God works in us new things. It's hard to be bored when every day brings a different challenge. When circumstances keep on changing and the needs of those around us might be new every morning. One of those needs, I urge you, is to continue to keep those around you safe by not becoming an unwitting carrier of this pandemic. God's word surrounds us. It immerses us in his word. God's word is always there. All flesh is like grass. Its glory like the flowers of grass. Grass withers. Flowers fall. 
but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news we preach to you. God's promises, his good news is for you now and forever. And that's what gives us hope. That's what creates us and reminds us of who we are. As God's blood-bought people, we are his hands, his instruments in this world to show God's love and grace to others. God's power is sufficient. And praise God, he sometimes chooses to exercise that power through your hands. His word speaks to us, strengthens us, and gives us a hope. I will never leave you or forsake you, he told us in Hebrews chapter 13. In Romans 8, he said, In all these things you are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And nothing is going to be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus himself told us in John 14, It is peace that I, I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. God knows what you are going through. He has seen the progression of day after day, so many more days than you could ever imagine. And therefore, his son promised us, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And one of my favorite chapters from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, begins this way. Fear not, says our Lord. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. We have a hope that is grounded in the living and abiding word of God. A word that will last forever to all eternity. A word for you and your family and friends and loved ones. A word from God himself. So even if you can't remember exactly what day this is, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us be glad in it, and let us be doing the work that God has given us while it is day. Remember who you are, the blood-bought children of God, people of faith, believing in Jesus, who bought us with his blood and his resurrection. In the midst of this world, we are people of hope. When we remember this hope, this word of God, we will be his instruments, his children, working in the family business. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You have heard our pleas for mercy, Lord, and given up your Son to be our Savior. Hear us now as we come to you on behalf of ourselves and all people according to their needs. Our hearts have burned in us, O Lord, as your word has been read and preached. Keep our faith from growing cold and grant us grace that we may not waver in faith or succumb to temptation. Give to us and to our children receptive hearts that we may hear and hearing believe and believing be steadfast in this faith and hope all our days. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our you have cleansed us, O Lord, with water and the word in baptism and you have marked us as your own people. Give us grace that we may live out this faith in holy lives, lifting up your name in word and works as long as we live. Guide us that with souls purified by obedience to the truth, we may love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Lord, in your mercy. Bless your church, O Lord, that she may welcome the stranger in Christ's name, and manifest the unity of the faith in the bonds of love. Gather together those who are separated and preserve their faith by your word until all precautions and shelter measures have passed. Bless each of us as we live out our baptismal vocation of worship, witness, prayer, stewardship, and service. Lord, in your mercy. Guard our nation, O Lord, that we may enjoy peace and security in the face of threat and danger. Bless our President, the Congress of these United States, our governors, and all state and local officials, that they may fulfill their offices faithfully. Bless all emergency and medical workers and the members of the armed forces who protect us and teach the nations the way of peace. Lord in your mercy. Deliver us from our afflictions and grant us strength to bear all our burdens, O Lord. According to your gracious will, heal the sick. Relieve those who suffer. Comfort the grieving and give peace to the dying. Lord, in your mercy. Accept, O Lord, the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving which we bring for all your goodness and generosity. 
and with our song of praise accept our tithes and offerings, that your church may have the resources necessary for proclaiming your gospel and for caring for the people and those in need. These and whatever other things we need, O Lord, we pray that you grant us in the name of and for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, whose death has made full atonement for our sin, whose resurrection has granted us the promise of our own joyful resurrection, and who has taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.